DraftKings Sportsbook and Casino is coming soon to Ontario. Soon you'll be able to legally bet on all your favorite sports, ranging from the NHL to UFC, playoff hoops, and so much more. And that's not all. What if we told you the hottest new casino will be available right from your phone? DraftKings has all the latest features and promotions, ranging from daily odds boosts to best-in-class casino games, and so much more. Soon you'll be able to place a same-game parlay, score daily odds boosts, and play your favorite slots games anytime, anywhere in the province. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Get excited, Ontario. DraftKings Sportsbook and Casino is on the way. While you wait, check out DraftKings now and tell them I sent you by using the promo code RINKRAT. That is R-I-N-K-R-A-T. That's promo code RINKRAT. DraftKings Sportsbook and Casino coming soon to Ontario. I'm really hyped about this myself. Absolutely favorite thing to do. Saturday when the NHL randomly decides to shove all the games into one day for whatever reason. You start off in the morning. They usually got games 1 p.m. all the way to the West Coast games at night. You can sprinkle a little a responsible wager here and there throughout the day. Makes it so much more entertaining. It's the best thing to do. Check it out. DraftKings Sportsbooks and Casinos, promo code RINKRAT. Gambling problem, call 1-866-531-2600, 19 plus, physically present in Ontario. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Subject to successful AGCO registration and execution of an operating agreement with iGaming Ontario. We're recording. Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to the Rank Rat Report podcast. Just remember, we said we're recording before Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, we're recording after a little bit of a tough, tough game in Sunrise, Florida that happened between the Leafs and the Panthers. Joined, as always, by Josh and Jason. How's it going? Alive, not dead. Good. Really good <laughs> effort from the Leafs to come back from that 6-5 deficit tonight to tie it up <laughs> to go to overtime. <laughs> I guess that's a glass half full kind of way to look at it. But anyways, let's uh let's get into some recaps, shall we? Yeah, let's get into the week. Let's uh let's run through this entire week. So we started off at Scotiabank Arena against the Winnipeg Jets. A highly anticipated matchup. I find one thing that made me realize about from this game, it made me realize that the North Division wasn't good for much, but it did strengthen the rivalries between Canadian teams. Unfortunately, some absolutely crapped the bed this year, but with others, it really strengthened that rivalry, I feel like, especially between fans. So coming into this game, Sheldon Keith decided to put in, or the Leafs decided to put in Simmons and Clifford for this one because it was a highly anticipated physical match. And um, what it was... Did someone get like a 10-minute or something? Something happened Just early in the game. They were trying to keep it under control. Am I thinking that's, of that's, that's the Tampa, Tampa game. game. That's the Tampa game. Maroon yeah. and Simmons. This game yeah. was physical, though. Physical. We had our physical here. fourth lineup. Yeah. 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 Wayne Simmons, seven minutes played. Like, Wayne Simmons had 14 minutes played Jets and Flyers game, and he had 10 hits. Like, right. a hit in a minute is, is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. So, he played well. Um, Kyle Clifford got into a fight, which is... All we can say for him this past week, I got to say, oof. Uh, but the Leafs came, went down early 2-0 and just came back and absolutely slapped the hell out of the Winnipeg Jets 7-3. And thank God, 
because there's a certain individual that works for a certain company that, you know, the, the line A over Matthews guy, I'm not even going to say his name, um, that would have been annoying beyond belief if the Leafs blew this one, but they didn't, thank God. But 7-3, to three, um, up and down game. Giordano first, uh, first goal, first gaff also, but very fun game. And Matthews hit 50 in that one. He did. Yeah. It feels like it happened a year ago. But he Matthews has a lot 50. more now. He has a lot more now. Yeah, bu- yeah, buddy. Anyways, then we went into Philadelphia, where Keith Yandel's Iron Man streak ended because they decided to scratch him. I laid out the stats on Twitter. I think it's the right call. You can't just keep... like It's a limp body back there. He's one of the worst defensemen in the league this year. Maybe that's a, something to discuss, but I don't know. Anyways, um, this one was a sleepy, sleepy game, I got to say. The first two periods were absolutely horrendous. All of the action happened in the third period. Uh, the Leafs eventually chugging ahead of the Flyers there. It's it's kind of disappointing in Philadelphia there, I've got to say. Really bad. Yeah. 6-3 final. A decent game from Jack Campbell. His first game back from injury, which was really nice to see. I believe we, we got another Austin Matthews goal in this one. Yep. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, but this was a game, I mean, very, very sleepy game. Not the greatest effort from the Leafs there. Uh, Nick Abbott says the NHL debut. That's all we can say from that. He didn't do very much in that one, but that's okay. Um, yeah, sleepy game. Turned it on in the third. Uh, helps you go to sleep at night because yeah. that was, uh, was kind of boring. 6-3 win, though. 6-3 yeah. win, got to say. All right, now let's get into the, meat and the potatoes exciting of the yeah. games. Funny that we're saying exciting games, and they both occurred in the state of Florida. Exciting hockey games in Florida. You always got to watch out for the Florida man. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, But so the Leafs ended up, it was a tight game between Tampa for about half of the game, I got to say. It was 2-2 at one point. Uh, Leafs and Tampa both trading chances. Very, very fast-paced game. I mean, Tampa's got some players on that one. But the Leafs' first line just kicked the skull in of the Tampa Bay light. And you could see how much it just like the level of it wasn't Vasilevsky's game on that Kerfoot goal, I got to say. Kerfoot walks in, Vasilevsky pokes it, it goes off his shin pads and in. Just the all-time tough game. And then Austin Matthews, nice uh, people criticize, oh, I don't know. People are looking for something to criticize on that 50th goal. Oh, it was an empty, empty net. All right, how's uh, three five-on-five goals for you? Just booger flicker 3,000 top cheddar on the best goalie in the league. How's that one for you? That was a nice shot. That was beautiful. Mm. I, have mm. a, I have a hot take. That was a really good shot. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that first line, they had four goals and four good chances on top of that. Michael Bunting not having scored a goal in a while is just, it blows my mind because he's gotten some very good chances. Looks Snape. And he's really, really helping this first line. Like, mm-hmm. don't don't get it twisted. He's yeah. still playing very good hockey. And the Leafs are, like, they made it impossible for the Lightning defense to break the puck out. And not, like, Jan Ruda had an all-time tough game in that one. Like, the Leafs' first line made it hell for him there. Ah, uh, yeah. I but wonder... 
I wonder if he's the guy that plays with Hedman in the playoffs. That's the only thing I thought of watching that game. Cause like, yeah, they, Ryan, Ryan McDonough was out on that one, right? But he's play, mostly played with Hedman all year, which is interesting. Yeah, so I, I think they'll, they'll probably have to switch that up because he, mm-hmm. he had himself a game. Oof. Especially that Marner goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just strip and bang in the back of the net like it's nothing. But 6-2 game. Let's move into tonight's game. We'll take our time with this one. Yeah, let's get it. Let's get it into the because floor. this one was. Uh, I don't even know what to say. I, I'm not even that mad at this point, just because like just how much how many how many times this has happened to the Leafs in the past, not that long, right? Like, how do you feel about this loss? I feel fine. Goal- I, I'm okay. Like yeah, I feel they fine. blew a so, four goal lead. But, yeah, but the circumstances were like wild. First mm-hmm. of all, the goaltending made a huge difference when yes. you're like. That 5-3 goal, it sounds so insignificant. 5-3, you still up two goals, but they had just given up a goal, right? It wasn't really his fault, Shalgren. Gudis walks in on a PK. Like, he's basically dumping the puck in on that shot, yeah. and it goes in. And he was he wanted nothing to do with that game from here on. From that point on, he was... I don't want to say he was looking for a whale, because that's not fair, right? He did mm-hmm. get a puck in the head, and I'm sure it, it hurt him. Yeah, but... but yeah. He, yeah, he, it didn't seem like he was that interested in continuing after that. And I don't think Keith was that interesting in having him continue in net. Yeah. Because he was back on the bench in the third period. Completely. If he had a, like, if he was seriously injured, he wouldn't be back on the Keith's bench. Post game comments on the situation where he's fine. Yeah. He had no injury at all. I think Keith was just like, yeah, he, he kind of had the same read as maybe a lot of us did, which was, I don't want to say he's looking for a way out of the game, but he didn't seem eager to get back into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I like I have no, I have no idea. I, I really want to hear from him. I don't think we will. I want like him being Shelgren on this one, because to get pulled like that from the game and then be on the bench in the third period, like, I don't know. I think Keith wanted him out before that. I think. Yeah, he, I, sa- I think, he said he was yeah. thinking about it, but. And it um, sucks because Shelgren played awesome before that third mm-hmm. goal. He was he was playing very very well. There was a, a a situation in the first period where the the Panthers got three slot chances in a row, and he was making some good saves. The other big things we've been criticizing for his rebound control, it was pretty good today. It seems like Sheldon Keith disagrees with you though, because why else would he want to pull him after the third? That's why I don't because get. you give up a softy to make it a two goal yeah. game, and you're looking into the stars. Yeah, it's bad like the body mental language thing. Yeah. on mm-hmm. the road. Yeah, I think you're on right. The second half of a back to back, you have a, a starter that's only played. What two games in the past two months? He can he's ready to go. Like, well, Jason had a take that I'm not. Yeah, I don't know if it's up for debate. I think. No, I don't know. But like, let, let, maybe let's finish the recap first before we right. get, dive deeper into the goal. Let's just talk about like what. So macro the Leafs go up five one. They lose the game. It was one one after the first period. Bobrovsky was playing well, and then just bang, 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 bang. Like, how many goals did? The Leafs score? scored three goals in the span of three minutes, I believe. Yeah, so 30 yeah. seconds in, and then... 13 penalties this game, too. Yeah, Mitch fair. Marner started off with 30 seconds in, and then he got one at 107, and then 204, Colin Blackwell, and then Jake Muzzin added to the lead at 840. Jake, Welcome back, Jake Muzzin. That, uh, anyways, we'll get into that one later as well. Um, but yeah, 5-1 lead, and then they, they blow it, go down 6-5, and then are, are able to tie it up 6-6 and then lose in overtime, unfortunately. Just a roller coaster of a game, I got to say. Yeah. It would have been good to have a defenseman that was like good at like shot suppressing and protecting the front of the net for yeah. when you had the, f- the yeah. four goalies. Instead yeah. of a defenseman where I have a phone full of screenshots <laughs> of him being unable to 
protect the front of the net. Even when there's nobody there, he doesn't know what to do in front of the net. Yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah. Let's, but, let's sorry, yeah, going, going back to the goalie. So I had to kind of take before. Let's get into the goalies. So that wraps it up. 7-6 yeah. loss in overtime. The Leafs get three points in the state of Florida. On a back-to-back, which it. is good. Yeah, but um, Goalies. Yeah, so basically the one thing I was talking about this week, uh, looking at the back-to-back going into fl- uh, the, the Florida game, I was thinking, like, if I was Sheldon Keefe, I would have started Campbell for, for both games. The only reason why I think the Leafs would be hesitant to start Campbell for both games would be risk of re-injury, right? Because you, n- you never know. Um, I, I don't know what the, the if there's any statistics to back up a goalie playing back-to-back if they get injured in the second game, if there's a higher frequency or anything like that. that. It's but not that. They just never play it, that well. Yeah. That, that, then if that's, if that's the case, if that's what you're afraid of, then you need to go with Campbell, in my opinion. I don't care how well Shogun's played play in the past. This is the best team in the NHL. And I, I, know, I know it's good that we got one point in this game, and, that, and that's, that's something that's, that's good. That's a good thing that we were able to come away with three points in a back-to-back game against two of the top teams in the league. But if you wanted to get first in the division, which I think the Leafs should, be wanting, should want to do, I think the, the biggest thing here is that you, ne- you needed to beat Florida this game. They play Florida one more time this year, and if they were to have won tonight, and if they were to have beaten Florida later on in the year, which I think they could have, e- could have done, um, uh, that would leave five point, the five-point difference between them and Florida uh, mm-hmm. and 10 games to make it up. Florida doesn't have the easy schedule down the stretch. Leafs is, is a lot easier. Um, no, no, it's not. I know three of the ten games are already Tampa Bay, Florida, and Washington. Yeah, but then it's Montreal, uh, Win, uh, not Winnipeg, not Winnipeg. Sorry, um, I, don't think, I think they have a very similar schedule. What, whatever. I, the way that they're playing, though, it does, does it really matter who I they disagree. play? I mean, it's not like we have Habs, Sens, Sabers, Islanders who are who have been hot, now. Flyers again. Uh, Red Wings, those are all non-playoff teams. But like, then who does Florida play? Well, why was I told they have, this, they have a very similar schedule? But a, a, anyways, anyways, sorry. Ba- back, to, back to my point, though, is I think this game was critical if the Leafs wanted to finish in first. I think now yeah, that's pretty much done. Thing. So that's... So I... The reason why I'm, like, confused is, like, if your decision was to, like... If you were even thinking of pulling Colgren out at any point in the game, like... Before going into the game, you should have just started Campbell to begin no, with. that's not how it works, though. What do you mean? Okay, explain. What do you mean? Because when he gave up that, they decided to pull him, not because he wasn't playing well. He was playing very well before that. And I, okay. I, I can't say how, I can't say how well he, like, I was so happy before that third goal. Yeah. The issue is, it's, to sum it all up, it's the vibes behind that third goal. Okay. You can give up a softy, no problem. If your reaction is the way it was, and then... To, okay, you keep him in because it's one bet soft goal. How does he react? And then the injury, I guess, and then coming off, like he didn't battle through it at all, I guess. And then, like, he just came off. He pulled himself out of the game. And then, I guess, his body language in the dressing room, which we don't know that either. Mm-hmm. Like, Sheldon Keith must have saw something when he came off the ice where it was like, okay, like, you're not going back in. He yeah. was probably like, oh, I'm fine. I, but he pulled himself off the ice. Yeah. So it's like, Okay, if you're fine, then why did you leave the game? I, I get that, but I think give, you want to give yourself the best your best yeah. chance to win against a team like Florida, which you could pass in the standings and get first and guarantee yourself home ice pretty much all the way through until the like maybe potentially until the the, the Stanley Cup no, if, I mean, if they make it that far. And here's the thing: we're like Eric Chalgren. We have to remember who we're talking about here. He's an AHL goalie who has eight NHL games. It's not like he's yeah. a proven backup, and he's going up against the best team in the NHL right now. 
Florida's the hottest team. I don't think there's any debate against that. And I think that if if we really were trying to push for that first spot, which maybe they're not trying to, and that's their choice, that's their they choice. To, they're obviously well, okay, for the if first they are, spot, but then then you got to start Campbell. That's just my take on it. I don't know. And if yeah, if the know. only reason why you wouldn't start Campbell in my eyes, if I was the coach, is if you're afraid of him getting hurt, in which case you would leave Shalgren in no matter what. Yeah. Unless that, that part, obviously he's that hurt. part I, I understand what you're saying. Obviously, like, he's, even if he was like the fact that Keith thought, oh, I want to pull him after the third goal mm-hmm. means like. Well, then why is he – I get what you're saying. Why is he starting in the first place then if that's like a quote-unquote easy hook? You know what yeah. I mean? Like if he was playing – It was a bad goal. I'm not saying it was. It was a bad yeah. goal. But so, I get what you're saying. But also like that's just not – for whatever reason, that's just not how things I don't work think, in the yeah, NHL. I also don't think it was like the easiest hook. Like how are you expecting your, your backup goalie to play as well as he did up until that point and then give up the easy goal and then have the reaction that he did? Like you're just not expecting that at all. I don't know. Yes, I, don't, but, I, I think even the fact that if you think about that – but it makes sense, though. They know Campbell's a lot better than Schalke. Yeah. yeah. But it's just also the stats behind starting a goalie on the back. Of course. Track. I don't think they're ever going to do it. Ever. Okay. No. Fair. But I don't. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just think that putting Muzzin in, in that si- – or sorry, putting Campbell in in that situation could have been like oh, – it's just bad. Like, it's just bad vibes for him. Like, yeah, we know, they put him we, in a tough spot, we but know, he played well. He played fantastic. He also had to go in. Yeah, of course. Like, of course, but – but they could have taken him back out. Is my yeah. point. Like, like they, for the two he, minutes, he didn't Sheldon really get... said it was David Alter tweeted after uh, in the post game interview. Sheldon Keefe said that Shalgren was okay to go back into the game, but he didn't want to put Shalgren back in the game. That's the part that probably looked like a wreck uh, off the ice. I mean, that's where it's like, okay, you could have physically, but do you really want like someone that's going to so, be a complete sieve? Yeah, to but, go back but in? like you're we we know that Campbell isn't the strongest mentally, and and he was like not happy after that uh, last goal. Think... He he grabbed his stick and looked like he was going to smash it over the post. I don't know. Like he seemed like he was fine recovering from these goals and let, not letting them get get to get into his I head. I think he'll be fine after this. I, ho- I hope he is, but I'm just saying it could could have been disastrous. It's like no, could have. You're, you're Someone's put- that mentally fragile where they give up in a back in a relief effort and they don't play to their superstar expectations and they crumble from that. That's. A, that's telling that you have to move on from this guy. Well, that's what he was doing before he got yeah, hurt, essentially. Like, he was he's like being the sulkiest no, sulker of ever. Yeah, seen. he was because he was also not playing well against yeah, well, Seattle. That's the point. If you put him in and he plays like crap yeah. again, it's like, oh, my God, I just lost against the first place team when the, my team needed me the most. Like, that's that's why, right? It's an unenviable position. And the point is, if he's shown in the past to not react w- well to unenviable positions, you're willingly putting him in a bad spot uh, right? on a relief effort. If he's still doing that, that's like, okay, dude, come on. But he, Jason's right. After the last know, goal, he, he went to slam his yeah. stick on, on the uh, post. Maybe go take a frustration. Lost. I think just frustration. Maybe. I think Fair. he'll be fine mentally. After I, I agree. I hope but so, I'm, but I'm just, but, I'm just, but now is, like yeah. the, the ripple effect is you're eight points behind Florida. You're not catching them. Sorry. No, you're not catching them in, in 12 games. That's almost impossible. Mm-hmm. You're not going to gain like essentially a point per no, game against Florida. I don't think they were doing it anyways. I mean, Florida plays, I saw the schedule, they play Ottawa, they play Montreal, they have Ottawa, Montreal, and Detroit twice in there as well, I saw. And yeah, then but you would have been five points and, back and, and played I. them again is the point, right? That's pretty close, but they blew it, so they don't get that luxury. You got to hope they get home ice, though, against whoever they play in the first round. That's, the a, third seed that's a really important thing that people just gloss over because the Leafs always choke in the first round. Like, shout out DraftKings. Like, look at, look, go look up their odds when they play at home versus when they play on the road. And take that over having an extra home game in a seven-game series. It makes a huge difference. It'll probably sway them to being favorites against Tampa Bay in the first round. People are going to hear them be like, what the heck? The Leafs are going to be favored against Tampa in the first round. Yeah, if they have the home ice advantage, home they ice most advantage, likely yeah. will be slightly favored over Tampa. So 
It's important as well, but the goal in, in uh, the playoffs is massive. Mm-hmm. There are teams that do start goalies both nights of the back to back, though. Yeah, it happens, but I don't. I don't think the Leafs. Which will teams ever do though? It. Winnipeg, Winnipeg does, does it. it. Uh, Calgary did it a couple times with Markstrom this year. Uh, there's other teams. I don't know. Vancouver's done it. Vancouver's before. done it with, with with Thatch. Yeah, yeah. Those are. I want to see the results though. What happened on the back to back? Yeah, no, it's proven statistically that mm-hmm. goalies on the second they're going to play they, worse. That's yeah. why teams stopped doing it, right? Because mm-hmm. there's like yeah. an overwhelming amount of data saying otherwise. So there's, I think it's, I forget which goalie it is that actually has played well on back to backs. It might be Hellebuck. There, I can't remember which game, I but they were pointing Hellebuck. out specifically like him as an outlier who's actually played really well on the second night of a back to back. I mean, yeah. But also, I'm not surprised again. Campbell coming off an injury, like not playing on back to back, but it's an interesting thought. I also don't think a risk of Reaggravating a rib injury is that high? Mm-hmm. I don't, it's not. It's like yeah. not zero, obviously, but it's pretty low. And they so held him out no. for like a month, so yeah, a good amount of time when it was supposed to be a couple of weeks. But it was a crazy game. I, I want to. Do you want to move past the goalies, or do you want to talk about more? Like Campbell played really well against Tampa, like you yeah. said, he very played very well. He was steady Impressive against against week. Philly. Yeah. Like it was a great was comeback okay for him. Philly, yeah, there was one play that glove save in the first period. Thank God he caught it, but like. I thought it was weird because it came one way and then it went back the other way, which is usually a difficult play to make, but he still had his foot planted and I thought he was going to be able to easily slide back across and he just fell straight on his ass. And luckily he caught it, but I was like, okay, that's uh, it's not a good luck I remember to start that. early. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he stopped it, but, you know. That was a good confidence save for him though, I think. Yeah, thank God. Because if that went in, oof. Um, especially against Philly. I mean, uh, they always play down to their competition. This is getting ridiculous how bad yeah. it's getting. But they, I don't think they played that bad against Philly. Philly the first, the first no, period, was, I thought, period was, was not okay. But first they were period getting outshot. Yeah. For, they got outshot in that game. But like, yeah, yeah. the first two periods, it was tied 2-2, I believe, going into the third. Yep. And then that's where they, they blew the doors off them. Yeah, but yeah. it's like... Well, you can't... Like, I do get that they played down to their competition sometimes, but you can't expect them to like blow at every team yeah. every night like winnipeg they they started poorly and then they absolutely blew oh, yeah. the doors off winnipeg that was that was not that was playing way above competition for me after the first two goals that they let in oh yeah when they, they came were back. dominant like dominant but yeah a lot of penalties in that game too holy smokes yeah. winnipeg is very undisciplined that that's a an interesting team in the offseason because like mark shifley did he even play in that game uh he he did but did, did. he do he anything got, i swear he got a couple points uh, I don't know. He was. I was at the game. I didn't notice him much. Five on five. I don't think he did anything. But I believe he was in on. Um, I believe he was in on a, a couple of the goals. I think he had a couple points. I might be wrong. Just from I, I'm just giving you my my watching of the game. Like and after the two goal lead, I don't think he did anything. I, he- I heard that echoed from a couple Jets fans in the building too. I'll be honest with you, they were not happy with Mark Shifley, no. but he kind of does that so. Yeah, he's... Uh, Two secondary assists for Shifley. Yeah, he, he had a good start. And then from there, was it? Oh, okay, yeah. The the second goal and then the third goal, he had a, a couple points. And there. then everyone, every Leafs fan hates Pierre-Luc Dubois, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy's such a rat. Oh, my <laughs> God. Such a piss baby. Like, yeah. all right, hold this L, Pierre. But anyways, in terms of the goalies, it was encouraging to see Jack Campbell get back and play decently and then play very well. Um, coming into relief is always such a crapshoot. It's such a coin toss 50-50 whether you're going to play well or, well or not. Like It's just kind of crazy that this guy has to sit for 
how long and be immobile and inactive and do nothing that long after warmups. And then he has to go into an NHL game and do a couple of shuffles. And then, all right, let's get going. I thought he played good. He did. Fought, he played, like, played well. He right. made the right saves. He like couple power. There's one or two power play goals. I don't fault him at all. There was there was a lot of them. Two, <laughs> I think. But, Panthers. Yeah. yeah, it was a seven six game. This Panthers scored two goals at five on five. Yeah. Like. Yeah, that's it was a, unfortunate. But I like anything else on the goalies. Trend, is there any chance that like anyone other than Shalgren continues to be the backup? Like he's just going to be the backup. That is what it is, right? I mean, I think they're sick of Hutchinson, so yeah. Mm-hmm. And Joseph Wall's not coming back, yeah. is he? No, Joseph Wall's still injured. Like, do they? You should see the list of injuries yeah. from Marley's goalies. They, they had to, They just signed someone mm-hmm. to a PTO. I don't know who it is though. But I think, like hypothetically, if Joseph Wall came back, they'd probably. If yeah. Shalgren really struggled, they'd probably give him a call. Chance, yeah. Because yeah. he was originally higher than him on the pecking order to start the se- to, to start the season. The season right. Yes, because I guess they hadn't seen enough. Of Shalgren in uh, in North America. Interesting. To n- oh wait, I, I said this last week. Never mind. About the uh, e bugs. No. Um, how Shalgren was in Arizona. Who their goaltending t- coach was there. No, you didn't. Did I say this? No, no. you didn't. No. What was this? Uh, so, I John Elkin, who I believe works for the Leafs right now, he was in Arizona working with their goalie goaltending development. They drafted Shalgren seventh round in 2014. That's when John Elkin worked for Arizona. John Elkin now works for Toronto. Makes sense. And they signed Eric Schalk. Makes sense. It's uh, a good connection. But that's yeah, probably my, exactly my dad why pointed that one out. So smart. That that's a, that is probably that is most likely exactly why he's on the team right mm-hmm. now. There was one other connection, and now it slipped me. There was two connections to Eric Schalgren, but anyways, that's why they signed. No, him. you're like. It's hard to scout goalies, so mm-hmm. they put a lot of faith in their goaltending coach and the goaltending related staff. So, I think you're dead on with that. But makes sense. Yeah. Um, oh, here it is. Ryland Parento, the Ryan. Uh, oh, I actually think I have an idea of who this is. U Sports goalie out of New Brunswick. Okay, I Who's, don't know. We'll see. Oh, the guy they signed for uh, the Marlies. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. I mean, they have so many injuries. Ian Scott's still injured. We have no idea what's going on with yeah. him. Joseph Wool is injured. Keith Petrozelli, I think, is out right now as well. So, <laughs> running out. They yeah. signed Andrew D'Agostini to a tryout contract, but he's always around the Leafs. He's just kind of uh, employed as a practice goalie, so it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But, anyways, yeah, I think that's all for the, the goaltending. It's encouraging, despite a seven-goal game. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, Campbell's look. Hopefully, it keeps rounding into form. Yeah. Hopefully, that little tonight doesn't hurt him. Keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you whatever you want to call that situation tonight. I didn't even know what to call it because it was just a bit of a cluster. Garbage, pretty much. Yeah. Anyways, uh, let's say a word from our sponsor, Manscaped. Falls, uh, fellas. Jason, you spelled fellas wrong. That's, uh, they, they did. That's how they spell fallas. All right. Have you started spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning. The drapes need dusting. And your lawn needs mowing. Spring has sprung and the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. Time to clear out your winter bush and join the other 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with code RINKRAT. That is R-I-N-K. 
R-A-T. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code RinkRat at Manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. We just got the shampoo, body wash, and uh, what's it called? The stuff you rub under your arms. I don't know why. Deodorant. 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 There, and the lip balm as well. The actual deodorant. Actual deodorant for underarm. I, I love all of them. They smell fantastic. I mean... Can't say enough good things about Manscaped and the, the products that they've sent us. Yeah. The deodorant's great for under your arms. It keeps uh, You guys know my deodorant rant, so just use it. Yeah. It's great stuff. Smells good. Yep. Keeps good you for clean. Your, the ball deodorant's good for that ball as well. Ball deodorant's great for that as well. I didn't want to mention it, but you know what? We're mentioning it. Yeah. It's the good stuff. Anyways, Manscaped promo code RinkRat at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Let's get into the defense. The defense before tonight looked... Strong, I want to say, right? Oh yeah. Going into, I mean, like a lot of that. Three goals, three goals, two goals, but like they were good defensive efforts. It felt like we were giving our goalies a much better chance to stop the puck. Yeah, a lot of that credit to Kyle Dubas for making two really good ads on the back end, and then uncredit to whoever's decision it was to remove one of those players from the lineup for this game. Yep, because um, Justin Hole had himself a game. Honestly, this actually like really bothered me mm-hmm. i don't understand why they did it i think most people on twitter i saw completely agreed but scratching Ilya labushkin who is your best shot suppressing defenseman statistically against the team that produces the most high qual- danger high quality chances expected goals shots whatever you want to whatever metric you want to use they're first in the league at all of it including goals why would you scratch your top defensive defenseman in that game I, I don't get it. Can I get the only the, reason I can think of that would that would make me feel better is they're like, you know, Hall and Lilligren have been here longer. I'm going to give them a shot because I'm sorry. Any other reason would significantly alter some faith I have in the decision making because that was a really, really costly decision. So I, I was thinking it was either that or they wanted to get the continuity of Muzzin Hall and like Riley Brody back together. That's what I was thinking. But again, like we talked about this last, last podcast. We don't think those are our best options on D. Not at all. I think that forcing Muzzin and Hall together, it kind of shoehorns you into some awkward positions because you don't want to break up Giordano and, and Lilligren. They look great on the fourth or on the third line together. And then like, then who, who comes out, right? Obviously it's going to be Lavushkin If it's going to be the one coming out, cause you can't scratch Brody. You can't scratch Riley. If you're focusing on that Muzzin Hall pairing, like you, it, it really gets you in a tough spot. I think it was a colossal mistake by, by colossal coaching error by, by Sheldon Kiefer, whoever decision it was to scratch Labushkin tonight. I don't know. And he's been playing fantastic. I think on, on the first pair with, uh, with Morgan Riley, like we said, we, they were splitting. They were splitting time equally between their three pairs. That's how confident they were. And I've been like, I think maybe the biggest Hall uh, defender slash apologist over the past three months. He looked good with Brody, but then again, everyone looks good with Brody. He looked great in in a, in a sheltered role on the third pair. But you know what? So Lil- did Travis Dermott. So did Travis Dermott and Lilligren and Giordano have been on fire the past five games in that role together. So I really don't. Did not like that move at all. I didn't like that move. The other thing is people have been very critical of Muzzin Hall as a pairing together, which mm-hmm. is fair because they were struggling a lot. They they messed up the other pairing, which was Riley and Labushkin and Hutt and Brody Hall, to put Muzzin back in t- 
and then shuffle everything up again. Yeah. They could have done a seamless transition of Muzzin goes in for Hall. That's it. Every other pair stays the same. You put Muzzin in against the best offensive team with your most stable defenseman to have him have a, a very easy transition back into NHL hockey. I'm sorry, Justin Hall, you sit for the game. You're the odd man out. Sorry, bud. That's it. No, instead, they switch it so Riley plays with Brody. And I will say, I forget who said it on the panel. They made a great point. That first period, Brody looked slightly uncomfortable going back to his off wing, and it kind of led to a penalty, which led to a goal. I don't think it's a huge deal, but those little differences for sure will matter. When he's played upwards of 20 games in a row on the left side now, right? Yep. Is it, yeah. is that too, is it more, less than that? More than that? It's around there, 15 20. to 20 games. So, of course, there'll be an adjustment. Just as there's an adjustment for Jake Muzzin coming back in. And you're making that adjustment against the, the best, best team in the, the league, best offensive yeah. team in the league. It, it's honestly, I was my, I said in, in our, to some of our friends, I, I would be shocked if they took Lubushkin out and then they did it. I was like, this is, unbelievable. I thought for sure it was going to be Logren. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I was like, oh, like they should take Justin Hall out, but because Logren's much better offensively, but like, I think they're going to take Logren out and then they just, they just threw, <laughs> they just said, no, Lubushkin's coming out. Yeah. It, it All right. makes no sense, honestly. Also, the, it's not like they were playing them more evenly at mm-hmm. five on five for sure. But yeah. you know Hall and Muzzin are going to get the tougher assignments, which they did. And Hall and Muzzin are going to play a lot on the penalty kill, which they did. Hall was terrible on the penalty kill. He was pretty weak at five on five. It was a really bad game. They were up 5-1. They didn't have their best shot-suppressing defensive defenseman. And they they lost. They blew it. Like, I think... I don't, I'm not saying they would have won with Labushkin, but I don't think it's unfair to make a correlation there with those that decision to the final score of the game. I really don't. Yeah, that was um, that was tough to watch. <laughs> That's for sure. Just to watch it all unfold. I mean, when they scored at five to make it five two, you just uh, like I don't know this team. Sometimes you just like it's just like oh here we go again kind of thing. Especially after that five three, it's like here we go again and. You'd like in those situations to have one of your very good defenders, own zone defenders in the game. It's a no-brainer. You mm-hmm. scratched him for a guy that does what? Like, what is Justin? Like you've said it before. What does Justin Hall do well? I want. Can we put an He's, Instagram story? Of, like, do the question and leave it open for answers. What does everyone think the strengths of Justin Hall's game are? And I'm very curious to see what people say. I bet you would get. Five to ten different answers on what people think the strength of his game is because I don't think people know what the strength of his game is. I don't know what it is. He's not. I don't know. He, like, I think offensively looks, his numbers kind of are okay, but it's like I think he looks most comfortable skating the puck up the ice, yeah. which is he's also not that. He's just he's he, not good. He at, seems he's not like very fast. He's not very skilled. Mediocre at so many things. Like they're like that's and that's I think like below average. Yeah. Fairness. Joe made a great point. He's almost always the product of whoever he's playing. One hundred percent. That's it. Yeah. Like. If his partner is struggling, he will also struggle. Like he's been playing with Brody for how long? And then when he played with Sandine as well in that bottom pair, everyone was saying, "Oh, well, how great is Justin Hall?" But it's like, okay, like his partner he's playing with is also pretty good. Like he doesn't, he will never elevate anyone. That's where, like, I feel like, okay, like cap wise, cost wise, it's like, oh, okay, you have a Competent, whatever yeah. fourth defenseman kind of there, but you have to make sure that the third defenseman is very good mm-hmm. or else it's just a complete disaster like what we saw earlier this year when it was him and Muzzin and Muzzin was struggling, right? So, I mean, tonight was just like on the penalty kill. Oh, my God. Like, 
He made some he boxed. He tried to box out Jack Campbell yeah, at weird. one point. He like did like some wrestling twister move with his legs and almost tripped up Campbell. It was it was insane. Like and he he slid to block a shot, but he didn't slide. He just plopped. He plopped. He plopped on the floor in front of our goalie. It made no sense. Like which goal? It was the first goal. He didn't box out Sam terrible. Reinhardt. He didn't uh, get under the stick. Didn't do anything to try and Sam make it Reinhardt hard for Reinhardt. Got under him. Yeah. It's like that. It's this, that's not how this works mm-hmm. here. And then someone said the third goal as well, which I can't even remember. They're all blending Not in. The, it wouldn't be the third one. It would have been the second or fourth. Third, third one, one was, was Gudas. Uh, oh, the third. Okay. So, uh, that oh, the fourth playing. one. He, fourth there one. was a scrum in the corner, and, and he was the low man oh, in, the, the, in the corner. Late. And the forward leaked out of the scrum, and he just stood there. And then mm-hmm. he ended up getting the puck on the back door and scoring. Oh, that one. Okay, yeah. yeah. That was also kind of on Tavares, but yeah. Um, anyways, uh uh, anyways, and you know Justin Hall, some of his numbers are good. Like I'm yeah. not gonna lie, I look at them; they look good. But also, like you got to apply some of the eye test stuff here on how he's played in in different roles, right? Like he's often against better teams, played poorly, and he's often when when not paired with good players, played poorly. So I don't know. Labushkin though defensively has way better in metrics, which mm-hmm. which makes no sense to me. Like, are you keeping Holland for his offensive upside? Like, there's no who cares? No. Yeah. They don't at least the least absolutely do not need any more offense. Like, okay, not I'm gonna knock on wood so hard there, but <laughs> like their offensive depends numbers what kind of night it is. <laughs> I, well, they're second in the league in goals to Florida, and Florida's scoring at an insane pace, and, yeah. and they started scoring at a terrible pace. The Leafs did this year. Their expected goals are flying up every single game. Like, I don't know. I I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't, but we'll see what happens. I, I think there's a good chance it, they keep it the same next game. I don't know. I wouldn't, but I uh, think they might. In terms of like, keep the Labushkin out. And then again, everyone's like praising Kyle Dewis for making a great move at the deadline, which he did. Getting Labushkin in that Richie deal, even for a second or a third, was great. If you then don't play him in the playoffs, that's a that's a huge waste. 100%. That's a colossal, colossal waste. Preserving Ilya Labushkin. By not playing him in the rest of the season, so you so, can sign him healthy in the offseason. No, like, uh, Kyle Dubas master class. <laughs> we can we, you you can just admit Muzzin Hall is not what it was. Like yeah. it ain't it. It's not working. It's not. Yeah. It's okay. Like why do we got to like stop uh, trying to make Muzzin Hall happen? It's not going to happen. Right? Like, <laughs> stop trying. Yeah, the the Mean Girls. Yeah, the Mean Girls. And thing, the crazy yeah. <laughs> part is talking about. I thought Jake Muzzin played really well tonight. He did. I thought he was it's very cool. physical again. Yeah, I think he scored. Maybe a touch, a touch lower right now, getting, you know, getting his legs back first game back. That's to be expected, but he's never been the fleas to fuck guy made some good, tough plays up the wall to break the puck out. Like he scored again, a great activation in the offensive zone. Really good shot. I thought he played really well. I thought Justin Hall did it. Yeah. Ben shot 33.41 expected goals. <laughs> oh, they, their D was than insanely ours. bad off the rush. Oh my God. God. Also, how many times did the Leafs just break open? Like it wasn't even like oh a bad pinch here and there. The D just like, just watched straight them straight. Engvall through. had a couple where he just went like okay straight through end to end. Like Bobrovsky had to make a couple good saves in the first period because they just watched them go right through. But anyways, there was a few people on Twitter making like saying like like man, the Florida's D is not that good. And then now, like, Florida fans are the few of them that exist are trying to dunk on them and be like, oh, how about tonight? Like, what are you saying about it now? It's like, well, you gave up six. six. goals, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll say this. Mackenzie. So, Mackenzie Weger? He's not looking forward to 
playing against Mitch Marner again because he uh, put him ate blender, him up in a on, on the power play on when Weger was on the power play too. Yeah, yeah. Leaf Siamo t- uh, tweeted a really good video of uh, it was Marner's goal against Florida a couple of years ago against Reimer that nice mm-hmm. one and then this one on top of it mm-hmm. and they're pretty similar. It was it's really cool to see that one, but yeah, I mean a couple power play. Ch- I felt like the like the power play was good, but it was like. Didn't come up clutch, unfortunately. Or was yeah, the Tavares they, goal? Was it was power play. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they, they were just struggling to break that. the puck mm-hmm. in. Yeah, before that, that was. But like before that, like they had no issues, and then all of a sudden yeah, there's a couple power play. That was kind of weird. Just a little rhythm to, off. Yeah, trying to force plays. Uh, they were Florida was really collapsing the middle, so they had to force plays to the wall. A lot of it went to Tavares. Like if you would prefer, it would go to Nylander's side because yeah. he's more fleet of foot, and it kind of makes Tavares have to like do a little bit of a like a protecting the puck situation yeah. and sometimes you just made the wrong call on where to put the puck after that which happens right it's it's a tough play when you don't have speed entering through the middle but they end up scoring like Tavares in front is that is his absolute bread and butter mm-hmm. right now it's always been a strength of his but right now that's like overwhelmingly the strength of his game yeah. oh yeah. yeah i mean it doesn't hurt he's playing with two pretty fast players that uh exactly had themselves but sorry we're, we're jumping around a bit on no, yeah. on the I'm, defense Stick to de- yeah. Let's what do, to what do we want? Like, Lo- I, I want I want Labushkin, Logren, and Brody on the right side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Riley, Muzzin, Giordano on the left. Yeah. I don't see how and, they don't keep Riley, Labushkin, Muzzin, Brody, and uh, Giordano. I, I think after tonight they're taking Justin Hole out. I, I, I but the thing so. is, here's the thing: if they put Muzzin and Brody, they're not going to want to split that thing up again. Yeah, no, because they're going to yeah. be really good together. Yeah. So then, who then are they going to take Lilgren out for Hall? Maybe, Maybe. that would be the next That's, move. Yeah, that that'd be but the, it's like the Lilgren, two swap. Giordano has worked out so Fantastic. exceptionally. He's been really Fantastic. good. I think they have one goal allowed at five on five in like the past three games. No, like uh, three games maybe they have two together. I believe. Oh, okay. And then Giordano got wild. That was kind of that was so funny. <laughs> That was one bad play. He just kind of caught an edge off balance. It was he, the rest of that game. He played fantastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. he played. He played well. The rest of the game. he scored. Yeah, score two. He wants to score a lot. He's always calling for the puck. It's kind of funny. Yeah, he he's, loves uh, he loves ripping that shot. He's the most. Com- he's so competitive. Like, yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, he's generating good chances as well. Like, so, yeah, sorry. He played with Brody for a couple shifts at the yeah. end of the game. I don't know if you saw that. I think that was PK penalty the PPPK thing. But well, they've had a lot of PPs no, no, and yeah, PKs yeah, before, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like there was obviously I don't know what the reason mm-hmm. was, but but yeah, that was probably I think Jason's right. That was probably why. But I'm wondering. Why did he decide that? Mm-hmm. But, Especially that at that point in the game, we, we talked point. about it. it was like five-ish minutes. It was after the power yeah. play with like three minutes left. So well, yeah, you got two minutes with TJ Brody tonight. Three Corsi, four zero against. Two shots, four zero against, and a hundred percent expected goals. Did Did Muzzin play with Lilligren at all early in the year? I'm trying to remember. Earlier no. in the no. year, no, no. Yes, he did. Did he? How many games? Muzzin one? with Logren. You yeah. remember the the St. Louis game? Yeah, but it was one or one two game. games. It wasn't like an overwhelming. No, it was. Amount. It was like yeah, it was like two, two or three. Okay, yeah, okay. That's I thought, what it was I thought you sure. meant like consistently. No, they've played. Yeah, they've Couple definitely times. landed together. They're left. And it right, didn't end but. up going very. And then I think it was a Rangers game in there as well. Um, it didn't end up very well, but you know, Muzzin also didn't play very well. Logren looks either. good. He looks comfortable now. Oh yeah, it's great when you deploy a guy in the correct spot and mm-hmm. he can flourish and doesn't have to maybe overthink and won't play against the best player in the league every night, even <laughs> though they played a lot against Kucherov's line. I yeah, saw someone did. on Twitter say they played against Kucherov and Stamkos, which they're on different lines, which maybe, you know, check 
Cooch Stamkos? Yeah. They played. They, they did they, play. They jumble, but the line yeah. that they the line that was in that game, they were that game. They were on separate lines most of the time. Okay. But I'm just saying, like he played against both of them in separate occasions, though. Yeah. So he played it ten minutes total against either Kucherov or Stamkos, which was it's a lot. Like, yeah, he and they played well. I mean, I don't know. I I really I I really oh, I looked, clicked on the wrong team. Anyways, I really do like the Giordano Lilgren mm-hmm. combination. I mean, I think just keep that rolling, and then yeah, whatever else works, just. just Stop tinkering with the lines, and like, hopefully, I, I pray to I pray that they do not do what they did last year, where they they oh but we have to put this guy in to keep him fresh, keep him engaged, whatever. No, yeah. no, uh, like uh, enough. This is mm-hmm. this is the National Hockey League. This is not the Nice Hockey League. So We've had enough. Quickly, Kucherov and Point were the 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 leaders against yeah uh, against Lilligren. Uh six minutes and. Lilligren won the expected goals battle pretty handily. Same thing with the Corsi. But it's easy, like, seven, it's easy to get confused on the lightning lines because yeah. they love jumbling the times. Yeah. Like, well, the, the Kucherov goal, Stamkos took Yeah, they play the like face. five minutes yeah. together every game. Mm-hmm. I don't, they jumble it a, a ton. Yeah. Even if you look at daily faceoff ever game to game, it's like always consistently different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean. Some of those guys have played so long. I mean, like, yeah, Stamkos, <clears throat> top teammates, that, line mates that he played with at five on five. Number one, Hedman, obviously, and then number two is Kucherov at 742. Oh, so they did play a lot together. And then Braden Point at 731. So it's like, I don't know, probably put them in the blender. And yeah, then Sorelli yeah. at 531. These lines make no sense. No, they, I'm telling you, it was a complete <laughs> blender. Like, <laughs> I mean, what? these guys have been on the same team for so long. It might as well just open the door, whoever goes That's out. That's what they do. It's crazy. <laughs> it's I'm not, I, I wish I was joking. It's, it's wild. But they have so many good players. It's, yeah. But I thought the least... Overall, they're de-handled that Tampa Bay yeah. offense really well. Yeah, Tampa Bay. Yeah, Jack Campbell played pr- very well. I had a, I have a nice video of uh, Morgan Riley getting completely walked by Nikita Kucherov, and then he got walked tonight by Mason Marchment. Earlier in the game, when Florida wasn't doing much, Mason Marchment looked good. He he had a couple drives to the net. That he is uh, good. Yeah, I guess he's a good player. Yes, yeah, no can't, doubt. Can't wait for uh, New Jersey to hand him an undisclosed amount of money. Oh yeah. I think I think they will do that. I think that I think you're right. That's that makes sense to me. Yeah. But uh he the only thing I thought Florida like was a little undisciplined in this game. Yeah. For sure. Lomberg's penalty was awful. Yep. Yeah. Montour oh. offensive zone penalty as a defenseman in the corner was awful. Like some really bad bad penalties, but mm-hmm. yeah. Wait, any other thoughts on the D? I guess we're all in, in lockstep yeah, there on the pairings. Yeah. Yeah, they the the pairings are have especially after tonight. Hopefully they've spelled themselves out because if they haven't, then you're blind. They haven't. Yeah. Not to the coach. I already, you already know. Like we do this over mm-hmm. and over. What did I say today? What? I forgot what I said. Someone said They'll it. They'll do. Yeah. I think it was Kevin Pipetti said it on Twitter. Just like they're not taking Justin Hole out. Last game against Tampa, they played him the most amongst all the defensemen. Yep. That's probably gonna gonna be the same thing. Like, no, Jason said like. That's what they should do, but they don't like doing what I want to do. So, yeah. got to accept that. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we're getting into the forwards. Yeah. All right. Um, let's talk a little. Uh, a little, little. What's the the word I'm looking for? Debut. Nick Abruzzese. So, you had some strong takes. I have not talked. He's he's a young player. He needs some time. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Definitely, definitely looked yeah. raw in uh, 
the two games that he played. Um, obviously raw, really. Yeah. I thought it was like quite the opposite of raw. Just like the, the, I didn't see much skill set really there. Like, yeah. no, like unrefined. Like the, he has a lot of, I'm trying to say he has a lot to improve on in his game. That's, oh, okay, that's yeah. what I was trying to say by raw. Not like, sure. When so. I think of raw, I think more so like a guy with good skills, mm-hmm. but can't like fit it together. Yeah. Kind right. of thing. But in terms of him, I feel like his positioning's very good. I like stick off the body. He it seems like he knows where to be. It's very calculated where he needs to be. But and he did not win one puck battle. He's yeah. not very fast at all, and so that really affects him. He's very small, so he's not winning any physical battles there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, how is he gonna get the puck and then make a play from there? Because like people are like, oh, against the Lightning, he had a much better game. It's like, okay, he missed an empty net on the power play when it was right in front of him. And I watched him get boxed out a bunch in front of the net. Like, Bogosian just manhandled him mm-hmm. because he's so much bigger. And then, like, he, he barely has the puck. When I was watching with Harvard, he, it seemed like he always had the puck. But it's like he's not being put in. He's not going to play top six with the Leafs, obviously. So it's like, how are you going to get the puck? When you think of the bottom, the bottom six, how do they get the puck? Pierre Engvall, how does he get the puck? Chip and Chase. How does David Kampf get the puck? Chip and Chase. Or they like those he wins guys, puck they win battles. battles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even Engvall, like he, in the scenarios where, because in my opinion, I don't think Engvall is superior, like really good at winning puck battles. But no. he's able to win them with speed. Yeah, because he's fast, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He so wins when you're puck not races, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. When you're not overly physical, you can make up for that with your speed, right? Yeah. I don't think. How does Colin Blackwell get the puck? Same thing. I don't. I didn't see that in the first two games from Nick Abrazitz. Doesn't yeah. mean he can't do it. I no. don't want to. I think he needs some time with the Marlies. I, yeah. I, I did. Overly I, cl- I did clear. try to like temper expectations on him like a couple podcasts ago. When you look at the type of player he is, all things considered, those guys. It take. It's not a go. Plop mm-hmm. him in the NHL and go. It's go. very hard to yeah. do that. Yeah. So, so the one thing I was thinking about whenever I was watching him is why is. I understand why he's in, but where is Nick Robertson? Someone texted me and said, if I was Nick Robertson, I'd be sending the Abruzzese, Abruzzese, however, I don't know how to pronounce it. The, the game film to Sheldon Keefe right mm-hmm. after the game last night. I think Robertson scored this week, and I sent it to you guys. He's been yeah. doing, I don't, I don't know how well he's been doing, but he's, I just. You every, had a little stat about that one. Every couple of days on he Twitter, had, it seems like he, he had scores. one less goal in the AHL. Oh, same amount. Oh, same amount of goals in the AHL. That, 18 games. that Nick Abrazizi did in the NCAA in mm-hmm. 11 next game, 11 less games. Wow. And that in a harder league. Oh, right. much, yeah. much, harder. much harder league. The NHL is much harder league. Especially well, yeah. when in the AHL, you're 20 playing against a bunch of 25 to 30 year olds. When at Harvard, Nick Abrazizi was 22 playing against a lot of 20 year olds. Yeah. Yep. So, so that kind of sucks. Yeah. That kind of, yeah. Yeah, but I, 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 I think, just think he's a touch too slow, mm-hmm. and it's like he's in a weird, weird spot right now. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's any chance he plays in any significant role games in the playoffs. The rest of the year. No. I mean, he may get in, in a couple of games, but definitely not in the playoffs. It's like, yeah, if you're not going to be able a, a puck collector, then it's like who in the bottom six is really going to get you the puck? Yeah. No, it's not like, going to happen. Look at a guy similar size to Abruzzese that's in our bottom six. What does he do? He's speed. He's jam. He, what do he have? Six hits against Tampa Bay? Colin Blackwell? Seems like yeah. he was all over Scored the Scored tonight. Yeah. How'd he score? 
go to the net. Right in front of the net. Get inside positioning, put your stick on the ice. Yeah, but think about like how many it took took Colin Blackwell a couple of years after he left Harvard, where he was not the most prolific scorer there, to kind of find a way into the NHL. So yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Temper your expectations. Um he uh but yeah, it wasn't the, the most glowing. I debut. think Nick Robertson, if he had a bone to pick, I'd be like, yeah, that's fair. Nick Robertson was far more noticeable than oh, what Robertson oh, yeah. whoa, was. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's, that was not even close. Yeah. Not yeah. even close. Because he was a ghost against Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly didn't. Yeah. They gave him a couple shifts up in the lineup late in the game, mm-hmm. too. And I messed up on the not. Tampa lines, but I know that they gave him a couple shifts. In the Tampa game? In the yeah. Philly game. Oh, up in the in Philly the game, yeah. No, it might have, have been Tampa as well. One Tamp, shift. Uh, so Philly, he got like four shifts the entire – like he got very few shifts the entire game, and then he got three in like the end of the f- third period. I know that for sure. Yeah. And on natural statric, you know how they have the shift charts? Mm-hmm. They were all white, meaning zero 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 zero. Yeah, Nothing it looks like happened. he played a shift with – one with Tavares' line and then um, another one with the Nylander line as well in the third period. So Yeah, so um, I mean – we we theorized it that uh, possibly the agent forced the, the Leafs' hand to make him play. I think some that's NHL a good. Games. That's a good theory you got. Dude, there you in gotta you gotta you gotta take this game film and like a burn it and learn for, or learn learn from it and then burn it. Mm-hmm. I, I think for his development, he should be in the AHL for yeah. like a full calendar year. Yeah, because those two things I brought up, like how are you going to get the puck on your stick? And then, like, then from there, okay, what can you do for him? So what's his path to a successful NHL player then, hypothetically? He needs to get faster. Yeah. Like, plain Work and simple, he just needs to get faster. Because yeah. he's not going to put on 30 pounds and start winning puck battles. Like, you need to get faster. I don't see no. what's – like, how many slow 5-9 guys are there in the NHL that don't have, like, zero. or shots? I know that the answer is zero. It's just or zero. that can't win a puck battle, mm-hmm. too. There's zero. Yeah, there's zero. So – that's it's it's spelled out in front of you. You got to get faster. Yeah. But on the flip side, that's why maybe a guy like Matthew Nye is what you were saying, Jason, who I think is raw. I think his refined that's raw. puck yes. skills are not elite. He's not as Josh Simpson, who's a friend of the pod, had a great video breakdown saying, you know, his puck management needs to improve. But look at him skate in a straight line and look at him. Hit Chase someone, pucks like he put can, someone through the board. He can come into the NHL day one and do those like one, two, three things, which is skate as hard as he can, relentless forecheck, run guys through the boards, and like play like a Kasha role where he's just throwing pucks on net. And yeah. I think that would bring a lot of value if he can do that consistently to a fourth line, for example. So, one hundred percent, something to look out on. And he did an interview with TSN today. I didn't get a chance to look at it, but oh, it was masters. It was talking about he had some good things to say about Abrazzi in that one too. But uh, yeah, I, someone pointed this out. Do they let, does he do that interview if he's not going to turn pro right now? I don't think so. No, it's, yeah. It'd be weird, right? Someone, someone else pointed out is like, Oh, Abrazzi, uh, nice says he wants to play in the NHL this year. It's like, okay, so do I. Yeah. <laughs> Will it happen? Yeah. So we'll, I think they're going to give him a shot. We'll, we'll find out. Cause he plays t- the today's April 5th. He he'll play. April 7th, right? Against. Uh, yeah, April 7th is the Frozen Four. Frozen four and yeah. it'll be wrapped up in a soon after that, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's not, it's yeah, not going like to last sign, two weeks. Like, yeah, like sign and like off a, he goes. A week from now, he could be on playing yeah. on the Leafs. A week, yeah. 
Yeah. I could say we, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. So we'll see. Um, I also did get to watch some tape, like I think before last episode, but I didn't talk about it on, uh, Alex Steves. We saw him three games at the Leafs, pretty quiet, three games. I mean, had some issues here and there, but did have some chances and whatnot. I don't, I think he needs to develop his game away from the puck a lot. He's got a very, very good shot. Very good shot, very good release, pretty good hands. Not like the quickest, not the best on puck battles. So it's like, okay, like he needs to, in terms of, you know, finding space, there was a couple things that you've pointed out in terms of positioning where you need to look for players to do. I didn't really see that from him. So there's, there's things that I actually see in Abruzzese's game that he does, but I don't see it in Alex Steves. So that's where I think he needs to develop his game away from the puck a little bit. Um, maybe get a touch faster as well, but he's having a promising AHL year. He is putting up some good points and he is scoring a lot because he has such a good shot. So hopefully he can work on that stuff. And then you got an actual contributor in the lineup coming up. But as of right now, I don't, yeah, I I don't think he, I think your best up bet is, is Nick Robertson. Mm -hmm. I think so too. And I think I I really hope he gets another call before the end of the season. I do. Especially with the way that the 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 fourth line has been being has been juggled throughout these past couple of games, yeah, I'd love to. I I, I think he should be. Should, he, should, he should be the one in the mix. He should yeah. be in the mix right now. Yeah. Continue with forwards. What do you think of uh, Kyle Clifford? It's interesting because uh, he stunk. How's that interesting? He stunk. Yeah. No. No. I was just gonna say it was interesting that he played. Uh, Ten of, oh. <laughs> sorry, he, he, of the last ten games, he's played set. He's played in six. Sorry, I, let me pull up the stat. He played six games or seven games, so he's actually he's played, played a lot, lot more than I. Expected you could tell him me he be. played in eight. I wouldn't know because he's been invisible. <laughs> yeah. He's done one fight. So yeah, he's he has he's played six games and in, in of of our last ten games, he's been in six. I don't know why that was so hard for me to say because I distracted. That was my yeah. fault. Um, but uh, yeah, I was gonna. That, that's that's the interesting thing because it sure doesn't feel like he's played that many games. Sure, sure does, and he, like you said, he's been kind of invisible. Other than that fight, um, yeah, I, I really don't understand why he's in the game. Like Josh said tonight, if if Kyle, if the whole point of Kyle Clifford is in, of Kyle Clifford being in the game is to be big and hit, just put Wayne Simmons in. No point of scratching Simmons at this. Like, just like Simmons is just a better Man, they version did of that in Boston, Kyle didn't Clifford. they? Yeah, where they scratch. Yeah, I, I just don't. I don't know if this is just like Sheldon Keith trying to be sending a message to Wayne Simmons, but yeah, I just don't. I, nah, I message don't received. He scored. Yeah, he Saturday. scored. Yeah, like that's yeah, how they okay. took him out after his yeah. best. Like I know he played against Tampa. Wayne but. Simmons played 14 minutes between the Jets game and the Flyers game. He had 10 hits or 14 and change. He had 10 hits in that time. He had a goal in that time. He had one fight where he, they the refs said no 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 and split it up for some reason in the first. And then in the third period, he beat the wheels off Zach McEwen. Oh my God. This is not a non-fighter. He's Zach a McEwen is a major fighter in yeah, the NHL. Yeah. He beat the wheels off this guy at, in their barn, yeah. his former home. Like, like he after was, that, you got okay. You got to take a look. It's like okay, what has Kyle Clifford done? He's Simmons has been looks like he's trying to get a spot for a, like a yes. playoff game one. Like that's yeah. he's been playing with his you know with his ass on fire. Right, he's been. On like really going as about as hard as I've seen him Someone go. Someone pointed here. it out after I, I did the rolling sh- the the chart of the rolling numbers for yeah. uh, Wayne Simmons', Simmons. Ex- individual expected goals per sixty, and it went from one point three in November to 
uh, 0.82 right now. And someone like criticized him. They're like, okay, like he, he had his second kid. The second one's the most difficult. Okay. Around like, that time. Oh, like, okay. I, but I don't care about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> how does this impact me? <laughs> oh my God. Like, yeah. You know what's and funny? And then after that, after he got scratched, he got back in there. He played well. It's funny. Like, just thinking of like the amount of times that Mitch Marner or William Nylander over the last five years have been like dogged on f- by every single play, like no excuses given, right? Those guys, when they're not playing well, Leaf Station dogs on them, no excuse. But Wayne Simmons, second kid, that's <laughs> second, hey, oh, second kid, can't criticize, hasn't scored in 40 games, second kid though. No, but the, no, the guy that criticized me though, um, if you look at their Twitter account, I'll, I'll show you it later, like. Anyone that criticizes the Leafs, they go on essays like going after them. Oh, being so you're just like, a no, diehard Leafs fan. a diehard Leafs fan. I like that. I like that. Uh, but the other thing I wanted to point out is I was at the Winnipeg game, and I'm so pissed that they didn't let him fight Logan Stanley was, at the end of the game. Oh, did they Did man. they not? No. Oh, I think that's that, what it was. That's what I was thinking. I think Stanley was just not going to fight him. I think Lowry was going to fight him. Because Stanley's Lowry. a big, he was he, he was going after Logan Stanley yeah. though for sure. But he needed sure. big big six four Logan Stanley needed six, five seven. six seven Logan that Stanley needed five ten out of Lowry to stand up for like an oversized pylon. Yeah, he's like he's like the the dog meme. You know you know the dog meme where it's like the big the big jack dog, oh, and yeah, then yeah, like yeah. it's like when the refs are near him, big jack dog, and then like when the refs are like five feet away, a little little tiny doge. <laughs> I need help. Yeah, like. by, by the way, we've t- gone this whole time. We haven't talked about the first line, which is crazy. Well, this like, is just the best line in the league, and they have been t- since the beginning t- of the year. I think, it's, like I think like, it's becoming like we got to figure out the rest of the 5-on-5 five five production. Tonight, the Leafs had 2.8 expected goals at 5-on-5. Five mm-hmm. five. That line had two of the 2.8 expected goals yeah, from three players. That's wild. Oh, wow. Like th- Bunting had like one point something of them. Yeah, he was on fire. He couldn't score. He couldn't find the back of the net. That's crazy that he's, he has. He's so snake bitten. It's crazy. I know. I don't it's know how he doesn't. He isn't buried. And, but, I, and uh, sorry, while we're talking about the lines, does anyone like Engvall, Kampf, and Nylander as a line? No, it's no. awkward. It is. It's they really were awkward. atrocious tonight as a line, mm-hmm. numbers wise. William Nylander somehow had zero five on five production. He at also all. only played like eight minutes of five on five. No shot attempts, no sh- nothing. Zero individual expected goals. He's zero. He I think zero. I think he was sick and feeling it and they mm-hmm. that's why they, I don't think they played him very much tonight because of that. Um they put him out there and spur like there was he had spurts. That penalty you weren't too happy with, but no, that was <laughs> I didn't I, I'm times. gonna I'm gonna agree with one of our other friends. I, I it wasn't the greatest play at the blue line by Matthews. Yeah yeah I, but that that was a good play defensively by the player on Florida, right? So yeah, you turn he, the puck over, and then you had two backtracking supporting players, and you did 90% of the effort to skate there. Don't, just don't lift near his hands. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's like a very simple thing yeah. to do. And he had Riley coming he in was too, right on, there. through the middle, too. So it's this like, is the second time that Nylander in 2022 has had a non-COVID-related illness. Yeah, I don't know. Right, he kind of looked sick in the second yeah, period inter- yeah. intermission. It was very. Got to yeah. get him on that vitamin. That's why they didn't play him that much. I, I don't yeah. think he was very well, but he, he scored. scored. Yeah, he scored. So yeah. maybe I he just mean, needs to eat his vegetables. I don't know. But I, I'm not criticizing William Nylander. Like, mm-hmm. in what world does he fit with David Kampf and Pierre Engvall? No, it's just an awkward, very awkward, awkward combination. They, and they look awkward. Yeah, and right. then you put anyone else with Kampf and Engvall, and they just chip the puck in and like. It, it, that's what they're supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, what has been Nylander's production at five on five? Five on five specifically since they put them together. It's been zero. 
So it's like that now you're turning a defensive line into a non-defensive line to accommodate because Nylander's not the best defensively. And so, like, you've turned this third line into what the hell are they? Mm-hmm. David Camp had, like, a 5% expected goals tonight. Yeah, it hasn't been the same. Engvall for, was, like, 11. They're playing them in different deployment. It's been a lot of top line versus top line matching, which is good for us because our top line's going really well. But, again, in the playoffs, I don't know if we want that. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think the, the end result is they're just going to put him back with Tavares. That's what I've settled on. They're yeah. not going to make a Nylander offensive Salt. line. They're not going to do it. They're just not. So Nylander with Pierre Engvall and David Comp, 41 minutes time on ice. Um, they lost the expected goal battle 41%, 1.23 to 1.73 goals against. So I don't know what that is compared to like normally per 60 expected goals against, but seems re- relatively high for only 40 minutes. 1.73 uh, against. I actually don't know. but I mean, That's almost two goals. 41% is not great. Yeah. So, right. yeah, you're losing the battle, which is not. Yeah, not it's uh, it's unfortunate. It's awkward. What is what has Tavares been with uh, with those other guys since they've uh, they've been together? That'll be uh, interesting. And... Let's see what that is. But anyways, uh, look that up and we'll yeah, we'll we'll continue this um, in terms of. So the fourth line, like what? I don't know. Going back to our ideal lines that we said last week, is it still is yours still similar to what you said last week? Yeah, but I don't think they're going to do it. So now I'm transitioning yeah. to more of maybe they do Mikheyev, Nylander, Nylander, Tavares, Kerfoot, fourth line center with whoever's hot. Maybe it's and Not then Kasha, the pl- line? Kasha on the third line. Oh, when Kasha comes back, and mm-hmm. Kerfoot's your fourth line center with like. It, whether it's Simmons or Spezza or Robertson, Spezza. Blackwell, yeah. they have too yeah. many forwards. Yeah, Kerfoot fourth so, line, he's been good. Yeah, but I just, I'm just telling you what I think they're gonna do I because know. I, I think Mikheyev has been on fire. He I think well. he deserves to stay. As a guy who's often said Mikheyev and Engvall don't do a lot, I'm happy to be wrong because they've been doing a ton. Engvall mm-hmm. had a great yeah. week. Mikheyev had a great two goals in two games. Engvall's had a great Jesus. year. Like I got to, yeah. Jason was right about. I was dead wrong about him and Camp. Like those guys have been. Couple snipes too. You remember yeah. what you oh, said yeah. at the beginning of the year? You're like, "What does Engvall do offensively?" I'm like, "Okay, he has a hard shot. It's just he doesn't know how to use it." And you're like, "I've never noticed that, but now he's, he's shooting it." Yeah. Also, he's like just a lot more confident bringing the puck into the offensive oh, yeah. zone, which is, I think, again, a product of, "Hey, here's your role. Now go excel." Instead of, I don't even think it's that. I think it's more so he's been like they've had to kick him in the ass a couple times, and now he's he's be, he's matured and he's developed. It's like okay, like. Also, I do think it is partly yeah. what you're saying as well. But remember what I I always used to say about Engvall. Like, he'll go on 20-game streaks where it's like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. And then he'll go on 20-game streaks where it's like, okay, w- what are you doing out there? He's also hitting more. He is hitting more. Because remember, we pointed out you were like, uh, which it was a good point. I agreed at the time. It was like, okay, is, is he the only 6'5 guy in the league that does not hit? He mm. still doesn't hit that much, though. He still hits a little bit. I think more. Do you think engaged. has more hits, Marner or Engvall? Marner. No, Marner. Engvall has three more. Oh, okay. Five less games though. Is that including tonight hits. though? Not including tonight. But Mitch Marner, since he like started, he had like off, four or five hits. Like a hit yeah, he had a, like he had yeah, a bunch he's been hitting more um, since he quick, came back. He had four against Tampa. Quickly though, the uh, Mikheyev Kerfoot Tavares line, fifty-eight minutes time on ice. 3.11 expected goals for to two point one expected goals yeah, against. So that line's been fantastic. Been I, mean, like, I don't know. It, it's so I. I think a good analogy is like William Nylander is 
like a running back, like having a good running back. What do you mean? I'm just going to leave it at that. I think some people know what that means and some people don't. I'm just going to leave it at that. Having so, a good running back? In the NFL, yeah. So it's like, okay, do you want to run the ball 30 times a game? or I'm just going to leave it at that. I think, I think he right now for the least is more of a luxury player than anything else. I, I think the fact that they're trying to fit him in the lineup and are struggling to is an interesting little dichotomy right now. I'm being cryptic for a reason, but that's just what I'm going to, that's what I'll say about it. I, I, I don't know. I mean, like it's, 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 I don't know. He's a very good player. He's still producing on the power play massively. This is just five on. I think power play is fantastic. On five. five on five right now. I don't. I think he's like a fish out of water. I don't know where they're what where they're going to put him. Yeah. I know. So I, I know it's limited minutes, but even like the the per sixty rate, comparing the Tavares Kerfoot McKayev line to the Tavares Kerfoot Nylander line, like fifty one percent expected goals for two point seven eight ex, uh, expected goals for per sixty compared to three expected goals for per 60 for the McKayev line. And then they're only allowing two expected goals, two expected goals against compared to 2.6 expected goals against. So that line's so been a lot better. Yeah. It's just, I, and again, small sample, only 58 minutes. Let's not overreact, but Hey, it's that's been like five games. Yeah. Through, it's right? been five, about five. Well, I think the eye test would say other than tonight, I thought yeah. Tavares line was a bit of a struggle tonight, mm-hmm. but so was the third line. But, yeah. Uh, I think I test that line's been pretty good. Kerfoot, mm-hmm. Tavares, McKayev. So, yeah, so yeah, especially I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I find it unfair to the team, like trying to shoehorn Nylander into that line. If you think that's going to be better for them, but it seems like right now down the stretch, that line's performing better, and you shouldn't have to force. Feel like you have to force this guy in, to. But if you yeah. don't force him in there, the third line isn't working as it should. It's like, is he going to be the fourth line? Yes, but and fourth line, and find him to get find ways to get him more minutes. If that's the case, clip that, put it on Twitter. Jason says Nylander on the not on the fourth line, line but you you know what you know what I'm trying you know what I mean. I'm not saying he should not play fourth, fourth 13, line 13 five forward. minutes. <laughs> I'm saying they should scratch him. No, um, yeah, just I don't know. It's 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 kind of not fair to the guys who are playing well, right? So I feel like the way that we're talking about Nylander now is like kind of how like we us a little. I mean, I don't know. It's the Marner of the beginning of the year. Yeah, but that was like ten like, games. This mm-hmm. has been like. 30, 40 now, yeah. 40 plus games now. Yes. Also like Tough. the difference in between like the highs of either one is also massively different. Mm-hmm. How many, how many five on five points do you think William Nylander has this year? Not a lot. Not a lot. He's minus 15. He's okay. I don't know. Like if someone's going to attack me at night, if I criticize the guy, so I don't know what, what to say, but he's been a, a average to below average five on five NHL by most metrics so far this year. Wow. It's just, it's just, I'm just looking at it. Like on ice or individual? Yeah, on he has, ice. He has 33 five-on-five five points in 69 games. I bet if you did his five-on-five five points for 60, it would be middle to bottom, of, like in the NHL, if I had to guess. I mean, yeah, he has, he has a lot of five-on-five five minutes. 965 would be third on the Leafs. And I don't, I'm not ripping on him. Like, yeah, I feel he, like if you criticize the guy, you someone comes to your house with a pitchfork, but like, I has does anyone think he's been a spectacular five on five player this year? I don't think so. No, not at all. He's sixth on the Leafs in five on five points, behind Kerfoot, Tavares, Kerfoot, Bunting, Marner, Matthews. Yeah, if you go off evolving Wild's 
GAR, goals above replacement model. Which is like a, similar to war, right? Mm-hmm. I'll give you Matthews, okay? Matthews is 17.7 goals above replacements offensively, 5.7 goals above replacement defensively at even strength. So that's really good. Mitch Marner is 14.8 even strength goals above replacement on, on offense and 2.5 on defense. So those are both really good. William Nylander is 0.2 offensively in terms of goals above replacement and minus 0.5 in defensive goals above replacement at five on five. Wow. What's the chart look like? Uh, good because of the power play. Oh, wow. I wasn't expecting that to that level. Holy. Yeah. Holy hell. But, all right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's been. Um, so, yeah. One, one more thing of forwards with minimum 500 ice uh, time on ice. William Nylander's 102nd in points per 60. Five on five or total? Five on five. Yeah. Yikes. Behind Boone Jenner, Brady Chuck. I mean, he has Trushkin. the one positive I can find. He has more primary five on five. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a ton of primaries. Don't. Yeah. Don't, he's not getting that's a lot good. of secondary. But also, like John Tavares is in the same boat here with yes. these, these even strength numbers. So that's yes. why mm-hmm. I think a fair hypothesis is that's why them together has not been that good, right. and why we're trying to look Ooh. at it apart, right? Yeah. That's the main. That's how. That's how we got here Correct. in the first place. Well, that's right? why they're currently not on the same exactly. line. Exactly. Exactly. They so said it for like 20 games before then. Like, yeah. these guys are not working together. Yeah. And again, I, I think maybe in the playoffs it looks different. Who knows? But I, I have no idea where William Nylander is playing on the lease, which is a weird feeling. It is very weird. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't even, I don't, like, I have no idea. That's that's why I kept saying, like, earlier on, like, you have to keep Tavares Tavares Nylander together because else if you split them up, it's like, what do the lines look like? It's it's really really gotten very awkward and weird with the forwards. I mean, mm-hmm. you could other than the first line, like you could almost put like a random name generator for the rest of the lines and tell me that's their playoff roster, and I'll believe you. Yeah, and the problem is like it's been okay because the first line is scoring it's essentially a at a. We've rate. never seen it for the Leafs. I'm sorry, I. I for when I've been watching these, I've never, ever seen a line score at this rate, ever. No, I don't. like. Well, it makes sense because they said Marner has, like, the most points in, like, a 30 game or a thir- some random game stretch, which is always a hilarious stat. <laughs> but, like, that's true. Like, they've been absolutely on fire. They pulled up that 30-game stretch stat. Like, but they keep changing it. In a row. They went from 33, and now it's, like, 30, and then it's, like, not the last 30. It's the next 30 after <laughs> yeah. that. It's, like... <laughs> yeah, he's been sick lately. They keep framing it. Yeah, this this thirty games. No, 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 okay, like on games that uh, end in a Y. I don't know. Whatever. He's he's been the best in the, with against the Leafs or amongst the Leafs. But and then on top of that, you didn't even mention. Okay, Marner's on this thirty game heater. Okay, he's also playing now with a center that has the most goals in Leafs tied for the most goals in Leafs history and for a has single like, season. Based essentially on pace for like. 50 goals in 50 games in that same time frame. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Didn't score tonight, though. I don't know how. He had a lot of chances. But, well, back at it on Thursday for him. Any other – like, it's it's hard to keep going over the forward lines because I, I still think we want to so see Robertson. Mm-hmm. I think, I think so, that's yeah. the biggest thing for me is that I think he deser- he's proven right now that he deserves to be in the but line. But Andre Kasha is skating, play. right? So he's yeah. going to be – and he's a top 12 forward on this team. Yeah. He is. Like, and even if you add in Robertson, he's still a top 12 forward. Given yeah. that Mrazek's also going to be out for the rest of the season. They have no issue no bringing issue with, anyone in and out. Which so. is now oh a, yeah. 
I don't want to get into that. I don't want to get into that. I don't. Okay. LTIR. It's just the LTIR stuff. It's like you can't say, oh, well, you can't use hindsight to justify like our position before. But like we were kind of right before where we should have been using Muzzin's LTIR space and required someone just held them out. And then, hey, look, uh, Mirazic gets hurt. You can just bring someone back. And now there's literally no effect on your roster. You get an extra player in who's can help out and maybe shore things up with the forwards. Anyways, that's just my. I've, yeah, I don't yeah. know what happened with that LTI. It was a mistake. Simple as that. Well, was there's a, only was... 11 games left. Not it's only... like they held him out. Like It wasn't right after the deadline he came back. He missed how many games has Giordano played? That's how many games he... Six, six or, or seven. seven. So he missed. Yeah. He still missed six games after the deadline. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I bet if you, if you told us when he got hurt that six games after the deadline, the Leafs didn't use his LTIR and he still hadn't played again, we'd be surprised. Yeah. I that... bet it would have either been... He's back like pretty soon, or he's out to the end of the season is what yeah. we would have suspected. But definitely a missed opportunity, I think, is the best way to but chalk it's like it. How out. is management supposed to like unless they force him to stay out? That's what know. every other team does. Yeah, it's a concussion. Yeah, it's something true. where it's like Aaron Ekblad's not coming even, back. He's liking tweets about coming back for the first game of the playoffs. Yeah. <sighs> they yeah. made shirts for Tampa, seventeen million over the cap. Yeah, this is no. This is the worst. That's why the owners per cheese. Elliot yeah, Freeman. Yeah. That's why they got mad because. Kucherov came like had that press conference after we won the Stanley Cup and was laughing about oh, LTIR, we're over the cap kind of thing. Yep. That's why they're like, oh, we need to crack down on LTIR. And then Jeff Merrick brought up a good point. It's like, okay, like you can propose it. The players have to agree Which to it. And not. why would they? Yeah. 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 That's like, less money in the league. Yeah. There you go. But anyways, with the Leafs forwards, first line's buzzing. I feel like certain players are playing well, okay, but in turns, mm-hmm. Kerfoot, Kerfoot, Kerfoot's playing pretty well too. Um, but overall, in terms of like lines two to four, it it's it's not comfortable. Right, it's now. a great point. It's a great point. It's very awkward. It's, a, it's it, where we were at with the defense before Giordano came in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It's and just like no okay, one certain guys are playing day. well, but. What the hell is going like why why are certain guys not working? Like and I feel like the first line is really, really covering it up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the like, power play too. The power play is really covering it up as well. It's like the we have a puzzle and the first line is like the border. We finished the border of the puzzle. Like we're this is yep. solid. And we haven't put together a single piece in the middle of that puzzle. Nope, not at all. So we'll see. Um my last thing I have about the forwards, I thought Tavares was going to die when uh, Gudis stood him up at mid-ice. Yeah, that could have been bad. In the, in the neutral zone. He came back, he got a shot, but like... He was good. Like, Gudis standing you up in the middle of the ice there. Like, they just kind of bounced off each other. I was... like, I thought... Maybe he held up a bit there. I think he did, mm-hmm. because that could have been ugly. And like, good on Racco Gudis from learning from his... Like, suspensions work, apparently. He learned, because... That was back in the day. He would have elbowed him straight in the head and sent him into tomorrow. What do you think of Radko Gudis? We played him twice in like ten days now. Uh, I don't know. He hits a lot. He's pretty. He's good. big. He's, He's good. honestly like he plays his role like to a T. Yeah. Yeah. Third pairing, physical. Three hundred fifteen hits in sixty-seven games is absurd. Yeah. That is like absurd. What about the goal earlier this year when he scored and then got into a fight? Yeah, he's wild. Like, he's... But he's been like this for, like, almost 10 years now. I remember when he was on Philly late, like, late in his Tampa career, he was like this. 
I remember. Yeah, when he was a rookie, I think he only had like four points that year, but he was just laying out so many guys that it was like. Yeah. I believe the Leafs were interested in him at one yeah, point. Yeah, I remember, I remember, I remember that. that. Yeah. It wouldn't have been a good fit, though, because they were, they still needed a second line right D. Yeah, yeah. They would have promoted. I remember that. It was like they were trying to add him to like Riley, for example. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember. think that would have worked very no, well. I don't think so. It's like, okay, a guy that's played third third pairing D his entire career. Okay, now when he's 32, we're going to put him second pairing. Yeah, no. Nah, uh, I'm not interested in that. No, thanks. No. But any other thoughts on the, the forwards before we close that off? No, I, I feel like this time next week we do a podcast, they'll they'll have jumbled the line significantly again. I don't know how, but it'll it'll be different. I think it'll be different. I think so for sure. Yeah. Do you add Matthew, Matthew Nyes? Do you give him a serious look in the lineup? If they gave one to Nick Abru, Abru, Abruzzi, I a hundred percent. Why wouldn't you at this point at least give him a look? Yeah, that's very true. I agree. And I they're going to burn his ELC one one year of his ELC anyways. I assume. Who Nyes? They always. That's just seen. It's just what they do. They burn that that year. If he didn't play nine games, right? Well, it would be just AHL. Uh oh, possibly. Unless – I think you can do where the first year is an ATO or something like that. Yeah, the, the agents like it because it gets them to the next year easier. Yeah. But maybe he's young enough where that won't be a case, mm-hmm. which would be nice. But, yeah. But we'll yeah, see. for sure, nice when he signs an ELC, it's a three-year. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. But, yeah, Frozen Four Championship. Hopefully he can uh, bring that home and then another championship under his belt after that. Eyes emoji. Calder Cup. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> you missed that. There. No, I got <laughs> there it. Are, there I got it. I'm a big Calder Cup guy. I said hopefully. <laughs> yeah, another another Marley's parade in Toronto. That'll be yeah, fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all I got for the forwards there. Any other points that you had to make? No. Nope. For this Please week? Please put Labushkin back in. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Uh, we really saw how badly we missed, <laughs> we missed him in that lineup. That was just an utterly crazy game. But, yeah, you guys remember your first four-goal-blown lead, the Leafs? No. I do. <laughs> Which one? 2013? Three. That was three. Oh. That's why I it had all It was 4-1. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Four-goal. Sorry. 4-1, four four-goal. Anyways. Numbers. That's all I got for this week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Go, Leafs, go. The Rink Rat Report podcast is brought to you by BetStamp the ultimate sports betting companion app. Track, follow, and analyze your bets across multiple sports books. And while you're there, check out the world's first verified buy and sell marketplace for sports betting picks. Download the app today. The Rink Rat Report podcast is also brought to you by Season 2 of The Law Garage. Host Marco Shara, a Toronto criminal defense lawyer, interviews various criminal lawyers about the practice of criminal defense, gets them to share their war stories, and helpful tips for up-and-coming lawyers interested in the area of law. Out now on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Step into the garage, listen to the experts, and get a tune-up.